Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. Season three of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is brought to you by Sumato Coffee. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners will receive a 20% discount on your order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit their website at www.sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with our rawest opinion, while giving you the straight-up facts. That's right. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We're giving sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On this episode, we pull back the curtain on the origin and continued use of the N-word and much, much more. Press was popping, baby. Man, I can't call it Jules. It's a good word over there, fam. Oh, man, I'm glad the fourth is over, man. I can kind of relax. I get my days off. Not 12-hour days. It's back to nine hours, so get the rest up a little bit, but just moving, man. So you 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 made a point there that I wanted to touch on. You said you were glad the fourth is over. Do our neighbors know that the fourth is over? Why? They still, they, oh, yeah, because they, yeah, they still off the fireworks. Bro. bro, I mean, well, honestly, they've been doing this for months now. And okay, I'm about to sound like an old man audience, so bear with me here. But, <laughs> Jules, when did this start, man? I don't remember it being like this when we was coming up, man. I remember the no. 4th of July, maybe the night before, you know, people would get their little fireworks mm-hmm. off. Now it's like months right. before. Like, what's going on? What changed? Prez, I have no idea. I don't know when it started, man. It just, throughout the years, it just, people just want to just let loose, man. Do you think that the people that are selling the fireworks, man, are they just giving like all these super deals or something? Because I'm like, man, they have they man. got these fireworks on deck, boy. <laughs> oh man, yeah, because they have them at like every corner and stuff. When it get closer to four, four, mm-hmm. yeah, you can take a trip to Indiana. It's not far, and just pick up a whole bunch of stuff. You might be able to order them. I don't know. I ain't never tried with them online. I don't know if you can. I'm not sure. But, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I, like, but like you say, you ain't got to go far. <laughs> right. You ain't got to go far for it, man. But they have some stuff like you see it at Navy Pier or at the Sox Park or something. Dude, okay, so on the actual 4th, I sat on the deck. I had grilled, and I'm sitting there enjoying my food, having myself a little adult beverage. And you're right. 
I'm looking up at the sky. I'm like, shit, I ain't even got to go nowhere. This is just like nope. the Navy Pier show. Yeah, right. Navy Pier didn't have it. So I guess people like, you know what? We'll bring Navy Pier to the communities. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny. I put my little music on. I was like, shit, I'm good over here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that fourth boy, it was, it was jumping. I think I just scarfed down something quick at lunch and just kept rolling, man. It was so busy. I can't even imagine, man. So you know what's the interesting thing? So in the town that I live in, you know, they outlawed fireworks or whatever. And so it's supposed to be like a $750 fine if you get caught doing them. And I'm sitting over here like, if the cops really had to address that on the 4th of July or anything like that, Mm -hmm. they would be busy all night long. I'm like, they ain't got time for that shit. They got to actually do no. real police work. <laughs> right. right. No, no. And that's and, and that's, I think, a big reason why cats do it, because it's like, it's so much stuff going on, man. We can't, hey, what are we going? And give me these fireworks. I mean, right. it's too much stuff going on that we, to even worry about it. I think that's also why, like you said, a lot of cats just go ahead and do it because they know, all right, if, if somebody do come, they're going to just be like, man, knock the shit off. And they're going to keep it moving. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> But man, uh, it was a lot of it was a lot of fires though. It was small fires, but it was a lot of fires going on, man. Well, I'm not surprised because when they was doing them shows over here, I was looking at them things hitting trees and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> so it's not surprising, Jules. Not surprising. Listen, man, I already gotta, you know, get this garage rebuilt. I don't want to get a new roof or nothing. <laughs> right. That's why I'm sitting over here thinking, like, man, the garage is one thing. Now I gotta find another crib. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked speaking out. Of, speaking of, man, what about that? What about that garage, man? Well, hey, man, they uh, they laid that uh, that new concrete slab today, so I'm I'm, not, I'm actually I'm actually looking at it out the window, man. Yeah, it's looking nice and smooth back there, man. So I bet probably in about three and a half weeks, boy, we'll, we'll be good to go. Oh, nice, nice. I can't wait. I know I get get you that bottle red Ryan now. Yes, and then also. When we get everything up and going, we're going to have that show in the garage. I already told you about it. Well, I'm going to put something on the smoker, man. So we're we going we gonna to kick back after we record. So we're going to have a nice little we're gonna have a nice little day kicking it at at, uh, at oh, Prez's crib. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that, man. I yes, can't sir. wait. On Why, deck. Mouth dripping already. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I just got one rule for you. When okay. I fix the spaghetti over here, you better not mess it up. You better not mess it up, man. You see how quiet he got, ladies and gentlemen? It hurt his heart to hear that. He was like, well, Chris, I just want to put some sweet baby rays on there. <laughs> All right, I got you. I, I, I can eat it without uh, sweet baby rays. All right. Now, no, but one caveat, though. If you don't like the spaghetti as is, and you just pull me over to the side and you say, hey, Perez, I, I need a little sweet baby rays on it. All right, cool. No problem. But just try it okay. first. You know what I'm saying? Just all try right, it gotcha. yeah. That's all. Yeah, gotcha. give, a bro- yep. give a brother a shot. <laughs> all right, I got you. <laughs> all right, well, cool, man. Let's get into this episode, man. We got a lot to unpack today. So, but before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode, I got another fair or foul for you, Jules and audience. All right, fair or foul, Jules, on you going up to someone and asking how much time they have left on a machine at the gym if they're kind of lurking around on the machine. Fair or foul? Oh, man, that's fair, man. Hey, hey Prez, man, especially you over there messing around on the thing, man. You get a little lightweight and stuff. I'm like, and you standing there, you're on your phone or whatever. And this, I'm like, come on, man, go on off there. Come on, get me, give me this. I need this. You ain't doing nothing with this. So yeah, I, I, I plenty of times I'm gonna ask, hey, how much, how many more you got, or oh, how long you'll be. 
And you know what, Jules? That's why you're my guy, because I am the same damn way. And the reason why I asked this uh, fair foul is because this is a recent situation I had that it kind of turned a little negative with somebody because he kind of felt some kind of way. Now, I'm just give you quick the quick cliff notes on it. So I had one machine left, man, for my workout. And Jules, you know how I am about my schedule. I was like, okay, man, I got 30 minutes. I got to jump on this call, right? So I'm like, man, I can knock this machine okay. out in like 15 minutes, be in the car, good to go. Bro, my man on Instagram, doing lives taking selfies, but I ain't seen them hit moving one weight on this machine. So I go yeah. up to my head. I'm a man. I said, uh, how many more sets you got? And he was like, as many as I want. Damn. Oh, you just being ignorant. Okay. Yeah. And I laughed and I said, but this ain't your crib though. So I was like, so how many more sets do you have? And he was like, well, you're harassing me. I was like, no. I said, but you were here playing around. I said, you see anybody else in here on Instagram? If you want to do all that stuff, man, go stand over on the side and be on Instagram. I said, the rest of us are coming to work. I said, can you let me know how many more sets you have? But one way or the other here, I need to get up on this machine. Or we can alternate. Like, what's up, right? So now he, he uh-huh. diffuses them now because now he's all like realizing like, Oh, okay, you know, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to stunt, you know, and so then he realized, all right, man, well, I'm just gonna go ahead and get off the machine so you can have it. You, you got it, you know. So then he kind of like tried to play it like that. But when you're in the gym, and this is a public service announcement, audience, please don't lurk on the machines. I'm not trying to be a male Karen here, but come on, like we in there trying to get that work in. I don't even be on my phone like that, man. I, I put on a good little a playlist or a soundtrack or a good podcast. That's it. People know when I'm in there hitting that iron, man, I ain't about to be texting you. I damn sure ain't about to be on no social media. So just, right. can yeah. we just work out? Yeah, I, I know certain people want to have Twitter. You know, they do a routine so they can put it on their social media platform so they can show people how to work out and stuff. You know, that's one thing. Okay. But you on there, you just just messing around and then talking about as many as I want. Brother, come on, man. Man, exactly. You ain't, you ain't there to work out, man. No, he's there. Sure. You ain't there to work Come on. He was there for some other reasons. And he's sitting over here talking to me like he really wanted to go there, Jules. I'm looking at this man. I'm like, bro, you don't want these no. problems in your life. <laughs> I can imagine. I can just look at your face. <laughs> he says, many as I can. Oh, dude, you're already big and stuff. And then you're even more pumped because you've been working out. And it's like, oh, oh come on, man. Yeah. And, and I told you, Jules, I've been trying to be better with with, with, with people. So I, I just, I gave, I gave him a chance. I said, Oh, it's like that. Okay. <laughs> that old me, it would have went there. <laughs> man. Oh, man. And what, what, so what, what, what machine was you trying to get on? It was the um, the lat pull down. That's all I had left okay. to go, bro. You know what I'm saying? Bro, you like you ain't never worked a day on your lats. Like, so you don't even need to be on this thing anyway. Bro. You know, get up off of here, bro. Yeah, man. Get out of here. Should've get out of here, man. Should've go, snatched go, them up. <laughs> you little boy. <laughs> yeah. Just snatch them up and threw them, threw them across the room. They got here. Yeah. <laughs> nah. yeah. But no, so that's that's why I brought that one up because in the moment, you know, I was thinking like, damn, I was kind of, you know, God just walked up to the man and did that. But I've been wanting to do that for a minute, man, because I've noticed that I've seen that more and more lately in the gym where people just kind of parking out on the machine. So we didn't have that issue mm-hmm. earlier in the year because people were still feeling their way out about going back into the gym. Everybody's back in there now. So now you got problems with yeah. getting, getting on machines. Cause like I'll tell you, when I got back in there in January, because I didn't hit the gym last year once the pandemic happened, I was working out at the crib. But January rolled around, bro. It was hardly anybody in there. 
And I'm like, shit, I was getting that workout in. It was like eight people in the gym. I was like, damn, this is crazy. But now it's like full yeah, house again. Yeah, so you got finagle and work your way and let me get this right quick. And then, hey, you can have this and, you know what I'm saying, modify that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I get you. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, me and Jules both have fair on that one. Audience, let us know. I, I already know people going to come for me on this one, but it's fine. I, I'm prepared for it. I'm ready for it. But, you know, when you come for the king, you better not miss the audience. So we'll see what you guys got to say. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, snap. Hey, if they get come for you, they come for me now. Oh, yeah, I don't want them problems. <laughs> Y'all don't want them problems. This man look like He-Man. He over here buying me a He-Man. I'm like, shit, he look like him. <laughs> man. See, that is hard work. I know. It, well, hard you know work. what? It ain't just hard work, bro. That's discipline. Don't undercut that because there's a lot of cats out here to lift. There's more to it to go into that. You got to eat a certain way. True. You know, you got to go in there and... That's the one thing that we tell a lot of kids. Like, they'll come up to me in the gym. This little 15-year-old kid was like, man, you know, he was like, how do you get your arms like that? And I was like, it's not just about getting the body a certain way, man. I said, well, what's your goals? What are your goals? You know, and I was like, then we had a conversation about what he was trying to do. Because when I first started lifting, it wasn't lifting to have big biceps. I was like, I was training for football. I was training for track. I was like, it was a method to the madness. And so then when we, when we pull about the layers, then I talked to him about, man, well, how do you eat? Are you drinking water? So when you say like, hey, you know, it's a lot of hard work. No, there's a lot that goes into what you do and, and how you treat this as a, as a craft. So no, nah, man, with some respect to your workout routine. <laughs> no, I got you. It's a science, man. It's a science. Yep. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's, let's get into the mailbag questions. For so the first one, it came over from Max from Itasca, Illinois. And he wanted to know, how do we feel about the name, image, and likeness law that just hit NCAA sports. These boys about to get paid. That's a win for these athletes. Yes, sir. Man, the university and the business people, they was getting money off these people. Hell yeah, they were. And it's about time where, hey, they get a little fruits for their labor here. They going out there, they going to school, they, you know, they doing practice, they playing the game. And, you know, I was never that collegiate athlete or nothing like that or where you have to do all these things and stuff. And, you can't get paid at, uh, you know, you asking your parents for money or, you know, you making the person of the dorm that's making these food for what these guys are, are doing and what they put their bodies through and their, their schoolwork and their discipline and crafts and stuff. For them to get paid off their fruits of what they're doing, it's only fair. No, I agree with you 100 percent. And I, I actually told this on another podcast, Jules, uh, about the fact that when I was in college, I had ran track and not that I was on like mm-hmm. a level of, uh, you know, like a Carl Lewis or not like that. But I mean, but I did my thing. But the point of that, though, is a lot of these college athletes, man, when they're on these college campuses, they're leaving behind a family. You don't know the financial mm-hmm. situation that they're leaving behind. Right. So my personal situation is when I left to go away to school, my mom wasn't even working. She had got injured at her job. And she basically was uh, suing her company because she got hurt on the job. So she didn't have any income coming in. So that was my situation. So I'm surrounded by kids that have like the new laptops and wearing the Jordans. And I'm sitting over here. I have like five, six different outfits and I'm wearing in rotation, right? That was my situation at college. But I'm competing for this university and I got nothing to show for it. I got $8 in my pocket. So these athletes, not even we're not even talking about the big time athletes. I'm just talking about your regular athlete. It could be somebody that's on the golf team. It could be somebody mm-hmm. that that plays, you know, volleyball, whatever the case may be. If this person is known in the area, known in the town, they can get a sponsorship deal with a local restaurant. 
that could be a couple hundred bucks in their pocket. Right. That's the kind of thing that I think the why this thing is so huge. So I'm not just thinking about it for the, the big name players, because of course they're going to get 500000 to a million dollars while they're in school. But I'm talking about the guy doing this to better himself. He's has the scholarship because he's trying to get a college degree because he wants to better his life. These are the people that will be able to send mm-hmm. a little something back home to their family. So I think this is going to be huge, Jules. We've seen in the past where there's been high-profile athletes that have had to make the decision to turn pro before they were ready because the financial situation at home wasn't in a good spot for them. So now you got kids that now can be kids. You can go to college, but you can still profit off of the value that you bring to these universities. That's a good point you brought up, man, because now it's not necessarily where they can leave after a year or two years. They might can go to whole four, you know, depending on, Mm -hmm. right. That's a good plus too. But I think it'll eliminate these guys that are leaving immediately after their first year. I think, you know, maybe a guy will turn back for his second year. And then by uh, contrast, that's going to make the NBA stronger because now you're going to have prospects that are coming to the league a little bit more NBA ready as opposed to guys that have been developing on on NBA's time. But then also, Jules, NCAA gets better now because they don't have that mass exodus of all their players that are leaving. True. So you get some good you know, you get, with them brackets and stuff like that. I mean, you get some. Well, not this, this not this past oh, bracket because. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was. I think everybody, everybody then 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 get wiped out on that one. Not unless yeah. you just, that not unless tough. you just picking out picking out through the air or something like that. Yeah, picking colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, man, this is a big win for the um, for for college and university uh, players here. It's about time, and hey, man, I'm happy for them. Absolutely, great question, Max. The next one, Jules, comes over from Daniel. He's in, down in Pontiac, Illinois, downstate. He wanted to know what were our thoughts on Gwen Berry's anthem protest? Press, press, press. You know what I'm about to say. I hope people don't jump on me too bad. Prez, I didn't like what she did. This is what the the, tri- the trials, right? Yeah. These are just the trials. She mm-hmm. won third place in the hammer throw and stuff, and she got up on that podium. Supposedly, I don't know what going on. She said they were supposed to play the Star Spangled Banner before or after. I don't I don't know which one. While she was on there, they played the Star Spangled Banner. I guess it upset her. For me, I would have just I would have just stood there and waited till it's over and, and addressed the situation later. But I wouldn't did what she had done. She had kind of like turned her back and. She put a shirt over her face and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this, it just didn't look good. So let me ask you, what would you have done differently? So if you were in her situation and you felt, hey, this is not what I thought they were going to do, how would you have expressed your uh, disdain in that moment? Well, see, in, in the moment, I, I, I wouldn't. I would have okay. stood there and I, I would have okay. addressed it afterwards. Okay. That's how, I mean, that's just me. Like I said, I'm an old school type cat, man. Listen, I got a problem with something. I go to the, to the source, to the main person. Hey, listen, I thought this thing was going to be at this time or that time. It just didn't look good when you watch the pictures, when you look at the video and stuff like that. It looked like she just had a temper tantrum out there. Hmm. I mean, it seemed, that's just to me, Prez. I, I mean, here, people got their opinion. I don't have a problem with people protesting on issues and stuff. That's good. You know, we got that guy give him a right, uh, right to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just how you do it. And it just, it just, to me, it just didn't look right. Well, listen, man, you got your opinion, brother. Ain't nobody going to kill you for it. It's not like you being hateful. You know, that's just the way you see it. I, I see it a little differently, but Hey, that's the point of a, a platform like this, man. Shit, we 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 see the world in different ways. I when I saw it, man, it could go either way, right? However, this isn't mm-hmm. the first time in history, Jules, that we've seen athletes 
protest the national anthem. I mean, you think about mm-hmm. back in the day when those Olympic sprinters, uh, Carlos and Tommy Smith, when they did the Black Power yep. salute at the medal ceremony. Oh, that was cool. Oh, that was cool. Now, that was powerful. And that was one of those moments that, to me, whenever I think about just, man, just that Black excellence and that Black empowerment, it was in that moment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when I look at her and I said, okay, even though she didn't do it to the degree that they did and, and, and it wasn't going to leave that poignant moment in, in the U.S. history, she still has the right to express things in whatever way that she decided to express them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we had True. people a couple years ago when Kyla Kaepernick took the knee. A lot of people, you know, the older school type cats, they said, hey, I'm not with this. I don't know what he's doing, mm-hmm. what he's trying to do. And he's trying to bring awareness to whatever, but I just don't like the way he's going about doing it. He's disrespecting the flag. Well, did they learn real quick? No. <laughs> uh, you know, a U.S. Uh, Army guy told the guy, hey, kneeling is more respectful. And so if you do that, it's not disrespectful to the flag. And so he did that and people still had an issue with it. So when I think about what she did, I wondered, okay, was she trying to bring awareness to something? What was the, the, the result that she was trying to, to get out of this? So that's only what she can, she can only answer that. I, I can't answer that, uh, right. Daniel. Yeah. But I would say I don't have a problem with people protesting an anthem. I mean, I've already mm-hmm. told you guys on this show, I feel like playing the national anthem before sport events. They need to like look at doing something else. I don't know. If I'm in a football game, I just want to see the football game, man. I, I just don't, I don't have time for it. You know, now if it's the Olympic games or something like that, that's different because people are representing their countries. I think it's kind of par for right. the course. But in sporting mm-hmm. events, if I'm just watching a baseball game, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think I need all that, Jules. Well, we learned that the, you know, NFL to get the military, those different branches pay. But you're right. The Olympics is a totally different thing. So I know they came out with a, a ruling. You can protest, you know, I guess where you, 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 uh, line up at before you start your meet, but you can't protest at the uh, podium. Another thing, too, I know that the uh, U.S. soccer team, I know that a lot of those ladies, they were in support of Colin Kaepernick. They took a knee during the playing of the Stars thing a batter ahead of their matches. Mm-hmm. And so I do know that they put in a policy where at one point, I think it was might have been back in 2017, don't quote me, but I think it was somewhere around that time that the U.S. soccer's anthem policy was that Players had to stand respect, respectfully for the national anthem. But then I think like three years later, or maybe recently, they repealed that rule. So you got a okay. lot of you got a lot of polarizing aspects when it comes to this thing. And, and it's always going to bring different reactions out of different people. So I think it just it depends on the person's standpoint. You know, you guys heard what Jules said, you know, and that's his right. Just like I feel the same way that I feel. That's my right. You know, so at the end of the day, Gwen felt like they set her up. Well, I don't know what was said. I don't know what she told them behind closed doors. So if that's the way that she reacted to that, you said, Jules said that he would have handled that directly with them. I also kind of wonder, though, when you handle things directly, a lot of times people can cover those conversations up. I think by the fact that she did express her disdain publicly like that, it kind of brought a little bit of awareness to it. I mean, Daniel's asking this question. So, you know, it, it at least has now people talking about what exactly happened. I guess so we'll. I, we don't know the ins and outs of what happened there. Because she also said that she never said she hated her country. I just don't think that she wanted that song right. played. So I just think that maybe whatever they did to her, it pissed her off. <laughs> yeah, 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 it showed because she stood she stood back, turned around, put a shirt over her head and stuff. I'm like, God, dog. I said, she she discussed with the song. That 
hey, you must well get used to it because that's all they're going to play if you win for America, if you win the gold or bronze or silver. It's not like they're not going to play it. Yeah, they're definitely going to play it. Now, I think what it comes down to is it just might be another one of those situations. I don't want to put words in this in this in this woman's mouth, but it could just be a situation where she just feels like the anthem doesn't uh, speak for her, doesn't represent her, and it maybe just was a pro-black stance. I don't know, but that's the way that I took it. Mm-hmm. When I saw the way that she reacted like that, I said she might have told them like low key that she maybe didn't want it played and they did play it anyway. She probably felt like she was ambushed. So the way to her, she reacted. That's, that was what I watched. I watched people's body language, Jules. And when I saw that, I was mm-hmm. like, something looked like here. She must've told them something. They did something different. And then she embarrassed them. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. She, she was disgusted. Yeah. She yeah. was disgusted. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Daniel, but that's, that's, that's yeah. our two cents on it, brother. All right, Jules, another one came over, and this is another topic related to the Olympics. So this is Uh a little Shakara Richardson's positive drug test and Sam from Norman, Oklahoma. He wanted to know, why is marijuana a banned substance in the Olympic Games? The doping agency has three factors. One of them, if it it poses a health risk to the athlete or have the potential to be a performance-enhancing drug, or it violates the spirit of the sport. So I guess the two of them, it, it poses a health risk to athletes and it violates the spirit of the sport. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what, you know, marijuana does. I've never done this stuff, so I don't know. But according to them, that's what their, their policy says. When I look at this, I'm kind of confused on why this is on their ban list because marijuana, if any of you guys know about it, I've used marijuana in the past. All that shit does, man, is relaxes you or calms you to fuck down. I would think that a track athlete like Shakara, if she has weed in her system, I would think that it wouldn't give her any sort of advantage out there. So why why is that a banned substance? I mean, marijuana has been decriminalized in most U.S. states, including Oregon, and that's where she used the damn drugs. And I think that also underscores something that we've talked about last season. It brings up a deeper conversation in the sense that how are, are you going to hold me liable for a substance that in my home state, whether it's Oregon or whether it's Illinois or whatever other state has been decriminalized in, how are you going to hold me accountable for this when it's legal for me to, to do so? That's the point mm-hmm. that kind of is weird to me. I mean, it's not like the woman has steroids in her system. Like, I could see right. that. Okay, like, right. okay, banner. You know, we've seen that in the past with these trap athletes. They have all this shit in their damn system and they're going out there breaking world records. Now, okay, fine, I get it. To her credit, she took her punishment in stride. She didn't make excuses. She took accountability for what she did. And I salute her for that. You know, you get so many people that make these mistakes, you know, and I don't really call this a mistake, but in her sense, she took it on the chin and said, you know what? Cool. I know the rules. I broke the rules. I accept my suspension. Uh What more can you say about her? I'm with you, Prez. I commend her because everybody's giving the backlash, but her, she was like, hey, I did this, I know the rules, and I I, I did what I done. And hey, I got no excuses. Man, that, that is big. She's what, I think 21, I believe, and big kudos to her. Now the question is, is that the US or is that the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a fair point. It's probably the the world agency that, that you referenced okay. a little bit earlier. So okay. yeah, but I just still think it's a slippery slope and uh it's leaving a lot of room for people to, you know, poke holes in, in this situation. So I would say. This was a great question, Sam. And I think this is something that mm. we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on going forward because <laughs> in their sports like the NBA and, and, and the NFL, 
they have more lax rules when it comes to this substance. And that's something that I think that other sports may be looking at as well. Man, Perez, I think this is one of them things where it's, it's because it's the Olympics. It's more heightened. Yep. You know, the rules are more stricter. It's messed up because she ended up getting some very bad news about her by her mother passing. Yep. And she just, she had a bad day. I wish there was somebody in her corner to say, no, you got a lot to roll. You know, you got a lot riding for you. You know what I'm saying? Let's do, you know, let's, there's other ways, there's other avenues you can do. She did what she did, but you know what? It's all right, man, because what I want her to do, I want her to take this and use this as fuel. Use this as fuel and get ready for 2024 because, because we need her. Because we need those Jamaicans out there. You got some fast Jamaicans now. And we need Shakari at, uh, at 100%, man. So I pray that, hey, she get up, dust herself off, get in there and start, you know, continue to train and get ready for the next Olympics. It's hurting them because they could have done something else, but it's not my not my department, it's not my 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 thing to, to run to say. But, you know, this girl, she's been through something. She's been working hard, she busts her butt, and I was looking forward to seeing her on that on that track. Yeah, man, because she smoked the, all them fucker people in that, man. In that trials. But Jules, you will still see her in Tokyo. She'll be able to participate in the relay. She just won't be able to participate in the 100 meters. Oh, okay, good. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those situations, man. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring that parallel up is this this is something for us to all just keep in mind that in other professional sports, they no longer suspend for it. NBA, Mm -hmm. the NFL, the Major Mm -hmm. League Baseball, the NHL. It's just one of those things, Sam. I I think that you have this world open agency, like Jules mentioned, with it being with the Olympics. They're probably hypersensitive about any sort of substance. But again, I just look at it a little differently than what they see it as. And honestly, I give her even more credit that if she had THC in her system and she ran as fast as she did, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hey, hey, you know what? You can you can probably roll with it. They say, well, you know, because of because of that, you know, it calms you and stuff. So you won't be you won't be at your fastest. (laughs) You can probably look at like. Oh, okay. All right, I guess. Or you'd be munching on stuff all the time. I don't know, man. But if they had said something like that, you'd be like, all right, cool. But I mean, with the three categories and, and the two, I'm I'm we say it is up for debate. I mean, if there's a community say, hey, what about this marijuana usage? I think this right here also heightens so, okay, let's see, is it time to say, okay, it's okay for at least to, to do it or a certain amount or whatever the case may be, then let's take a look at it. I was listening to a a podcast and they were talking about the uh the medicinal aspects of of marijuana and, and the healing properties that it has. And one thing that I did think about, I thought about when I played football in high school, ran track in college, that sometimes I would have like injuries, like you know, soft tissue injuries, hamstring stuff, whatever, right? Thigh injuries. And they would give you these inflammatories to help like cut down on the swelling and just the inflamed of the muscles and tendons. Now, okay. is that more harmful than if I would have just rubbed medicinal TAC compound on that area to, to soothe the mm. injury? And that's the Good thing question. that nobody talks about because me pumping my body full of these medicines and these chemicals at that time, I felt like it was probably more harmful looking back on it than if I would have puffed a fucking blunt <laughs> or whatever the case. Right, <laughs> right. But, you, but, but you know, hey, Prez, we, we said this on last, uh, last season. Oh, that's just moneymakers. Yep. Oh, that's big business, man. But I just wanted to make that point. So just think about that, mm-hmm. audience. When you think about stories like this, 
hey, I would much rather have had some sort of a compound because they make now this stuff in, in, in creams and lotions and all type of things. And right. It helps right. to kind of soothe. And I would have much rather had that than the inflammatories that I take. I was taking that stuff when I was like 16, mm-hmm. man. I mean, taking shots. Yeah, to, I remember. To, you know, yeah, taking shots to go and play games mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like, those are the things that nobody talks about. And those are the things that when you look at athletes, athletes do a lot of crazy things to their bodies to prepare themselves to play. So I think we need to be looking at everything around the, the horn, as they say, and not just one particular aspect of things. That's all. True. So, true, yeah. true, true. Great question, Sam. Last question. Came over from Stacy from Ferguson, Missouri, and she wanted to know what were you guys' thoughts on Rachel Nichols' leaked comments? And we're gonna have a lot to uh, unpack on this one, Stacy. Oh, Rachel. Hey, Maria been around for a minute. I think 2012 she had the first gig, if I did, if I'm correct. Um, she been she been yeah, the skin in the game for a long time. It's 2021. So she deserved it. I mean, she got skills, not like she just came off the street two years and then she she hit in your spot. Right. So she's been in the game for a while, man. Just, you know, just some people just just be hating, man. Yeah, and Jules, I mean, I agree with you 100%, but so all last year, I had to listen to Rachel Nichols talk to me about how Black Lives Matter. I had to watch her surround herself mm-hmm. with people of color and try to placate to them and let them know, in her own words, how she understood their plight and their situation. No, you don't. Because when I okay. see that you make comments like this, Rachel, you don't get it. See, in one instance, you're saying all the right things, but then behind closed doors, when there's private conversations that get leaked, your true thoughts and feelings come out. So as a woman, it's not a good look for you to shoot another woman down by saying that she got a position based off of the fact that she was Black. How would you mm-hmm. have felt, Rachel, if someone would have said you got a position because you're a female? See, true, true. This is the type of stuff where I don't like when people sit here and they try to say, "Oh, well, I care so much about the plight of this person," but then if something happens and they're affected personally by these way that the world works, then now they're pissed off. Rachel, you were all down with Black Lives Matter until Maria Taylor started getting some profile. Then it was like, "Wait, this isn't right." Then what she said, mm-hmm. "I'm exhausted by this Black Lives Matter and this Me Too." Mm-hmm. Ooh, so you're exhausted by it, huh? <laughs> wow. We're exhausted by the fact that your mother-in-law is Diane Sawyer. Y'all know who mm-hmm. Diane Sawyer is, right? That's oh, the yeah. queen of ABC. Who is uh, ESPN owned by? Disney, which is also a part of ABC. So, Rachel, you don't think any kind of way that you got elevated to your role at ESPN because of who your mother-in-law is? Y'all want to listen to me one more time on that audience? She wants to talk about someone get in a position because of their color. Well, guess what, Rachel? You got a position because you're entitled. You're not even that good at your job. Maria Taylor is a bad motherfucker. The players respect her. Mm -hmm. She don't have to beg players for interviews. So when I looked at this situation, Jules, I said, ain't that a bitch that Rachel is over here complaining about a potential diversity hire or promotion when Rachel Nichols' damn career has benefited from entitlement. Right, right. What are we talking about, Rachel? And another thing too, Jules, and I know you got a couple mm-hmm. things you want to say on this, but I also didn't like the number of black men in sports that okay. stood up and supported Rachel Nichols. I'm talking about Jack. Steven Jackson, Matt yep, Barnes, Kendra mm-hmm. Perkins. Y'all out here carrying this woman's water for her, 
She made a weak-ass 15, 20-second apology, and she's on her way, and y'all sitting over here apologizing for her. That is a grown-ass woman. What are y'all out here doing? I was about to say that. You hit everything that needed to be said. I didn't get what, where these players was coming from. She sit up here and down one, one of your sisters. Yes. We need to be sticking up for these, black, for these black women and black men. We need to stick yeah. together. That's right. Because we, as we said last season, they have all the positions already. Yeah. This girl right here was upset because she, she thinking she got the position because of the color of skin. And she, sit, she already sitting pretty. Yeah, she good. <laughs> you good, Rachel? <laughs> Dude, that's, those are the things I do not understand. Is it okay? The only thing I get is they always want to continue to be at the top and don't want, especially somebody of a different color, different race, to even be equal to them or have even more exposure. Dude, it's you already good. It's it's so much of this to go around. You didn't need to. Those one of them things. Like I said, if that's how you feel, you should have kept that to yourself. But as you said, Press, at at one point she was down with the cause. Until, so she said. So yeah, so she said, and then what happened? Oh, okay, Rachel, we're glad that you 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 feel this way. You know what? Maria's going to be in it. What? (laughs) Now she's now she now she's like, why are they making this my problem? (laughs) Right, right, right. And she get caught. Did she? Now ESPN got to blame too because they sat on this for a whole whole year, I think. Oh, talk to them, Jules. Now let's hold on now. Uh huh. Right now, now let's talk about ESPN for a second. Now, right. they have a history of discrimination against people of color, right? Now, Jules just told y'all, this incident did just happen when it got leaked. This shit happened a year ago. Mm-hmm. Why are we just hearing about it now? Because they didn't, they didn't pull Rachel off the uh, finals. She was in the bubble last year. Right. She was in the bubble, right. So they leaked this because they knew the ESPN wasn't going to do shit about it. Once it became public, then ESPN had to act like they cared about it. But they didn't fire her. They just removed her from the finals broadcast and they elevated Malik Andrews. Right. Now, Mm -hmm. I want you guys to think about just something real quick. ESPN did nothing about it except for fired a producer from ESPN that leaked this audio to Maria Taylor. So the only person that got reprimanded in this situation was the person that was the whistleblower. Ain't that a bitch? uh, Right. Because I think if if I was, if I'm correct, I think that was one of Maria's uh, friends. I think she is a friend of Maria's. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Hey, you, hey, I would have done the same thing. But you know what I'm saying? I hope that person, I hope that person it was suing stuff like that because I, hey, hey, all she did was expose the truth. That's right. That's all she That's did. Right. Didn't do and shame wrong. on you. Shame on you, SPN. It's simple to us because it goes back to, hey man, treat people with respect and how you want to be treated, man. That's right. It and always all, go back to that. It always goes back to that. And always hire the best person for the role. When this situation with Rachel uh, Nichols sitting over here feeling that Maria Taylor is not qualified, because that's kind of what I took from those comments. That ain't cool. Because when I look at Rachel Nichols, I'm like, how did you get elevated? Because you're not that good. Let's get somebody in these spots that actually knows the game. Because Rachel Nichols, in my opinion, does not know the NBA. Doris Burke, who's another great female reporter, she also calls some of those games. And you can tell that Doris knows the game. Those are the type of people that need to be elevated in those spots and not the person whose mother-in-law is Diane's story. That, that's my problem. Right. Secondly, right. Jules, and I'm about, to, I'm about to say some things, something right now that's going to get a lot of you guys, a lot of you people that listen to the show, you might get a little upset with me. Why is LeBron James so quiet? 
Rachel Nichols was having this private conversation with LeBron James' advisor. So mm-hmm. why is Rachel Nichols, who's high up at ESPN, having a sidebar conversation with LeBron's advisor? And why is LeBron so quiet? Because anytime something comes up, LeBron goes straight to Twitter. And, and I respect it. He has his comments. He uses his platform. But why haven't you said anything on this one? Hey, you got me quiet over here, man. <laughs> yeah, I just want people to think about it. He could take a break from Plug and Space Jam. Right, right. Hey, man, they might be his girl and stuff, and he didn't want to say. But you know what? It's okay. Because you can tell, if I do something wrong, you'll let me know, and vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. So, hey, listen, old girl did wrong. Those other cast, Matt Barnes and, and, and Jack and Perk. Dude, y'all should have told, y'all should have let her know how it was, man. How it mm-hmm. is. They yep. should let her know how it is. And it and that, that'll be fine. Don't, don't, don't soft shoe it and collar and stuff like that. No, she did wrong. She talked about your black queen, and y'all supposed to get in her. They but, should have, but they didn't. Because they sit over here talking about Rachel was good to us. She got us a job. And I'm sitting here like, All right. okay, cool. Guess what? Yeah, cool. I know people that have done me a solid too, but if they wrong, they wrong. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You brought up the point earlier, Jules, before we get into the actual nuts and bolts of the episode. You brought up the point about ESPN, how they sat on their hands and they did nothing. But audience, I want you guys to think about Paul Pierce. He was fired from ESPN. Oh, come on, man. For having strippers and smoking some weed in his home. Okay? <laughs> come they on, fired this. They fired this man, what, days later? But we don't have an issue with uh, Rachel Nichols uh, basically making your network look awful. How does one situation make your network look awful and this other one is something that you're willing to sweep under the rug? I just make it make sense. Maybe they don't like strippers. That's fine. <laughs> no, I don't know. But they're okay with someone being exhausted about Black Lives Matter. They're okay with somebody that's going to sit here and laugh and joke about that and didn't even say, Jules, don't do this at my expense just because you have a long history. So she basically put the network on blast on this recording and said, because you guys have a a terrible uh, history of discriminatory practices with minorities, don't make it my problem. Mm -hmm. Those words right there were the ones that stuck out to me the most. And I'm like, y'all didn't fire her? But Paul Pierce is over here living his best life in his crib? (laughs) They fired him? Yeah, see, yeah, I didn't understand that. That man was off. He's at home. He's relaxing. He's enjoying himself. What's wrong with it? They need to be doing it. No shit. What they do? (laughs) <laughs> Shit. And that's the problem. We'll be worried about people doing it in their house. Yeah, in this house. Right. It's different. He's in the studio and he got that stuff going on. <laughs> yep. But God, see, dog. this is why we did the episode that we did last week when we talked about media narratives and why representation uh-huh. matters. See, it all comes full circle because of situations like this. Because when you look at this, now Rachel Nichols is someone that on the surface we thought, oh, okay, she gets it. When you see her private thoughts, now Mm. you hear how she really feels about things. And these are the type of people that are out here in the media that are spreading narratives about people. Now, let's not forget how many times Rachel Nichols has unsolicitedly, when we're talking about Derrick Rose's performance on the court, he scored 50 points in the game once, Jules, and she's over here reminding us that he has sexual assault allegations in his past. It matters, but damn, why why you got to do that in that moment? You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I'm saying. That time, right, yeah. right. My man, Derrick Rose, been having ups and downs. Yeah, he but had an listen, up game. All people, but listen, like you said, ups and downs. All people mm-hmm. have ups and downs, Jules. Yes. None of us are perfect. We all have mistakes that we've made. Yes, some worse mm-hmm. than others, but you know. But the point is, 
Does she want now for this situation that's happening with her? If somebody, if she does something great in her career, then does she want the next birth someone to say? But remember, though, she really don't value black people. Right. This, oh, think about that, Rachel. Right. Right. Always, somebody always, always hanging, dangling your flaw, the yeah. flaw you made. Yeah. It's it, it, like you said, Perez, no, we all are not perfect. No, no. But you get but a lot you of people know, out there to act like they are. And you're not. Right. You're not. And you're not. You get skeletons, many of them. But you know, here's a good question for the world because now that's in a way I have a problem with when you attack somebody for their thoughts. Now you don't, now they're gonna be they're gonna be false flagging. Cause now you don't know how they feel. They may say something like Rachel said. Oh yeah, I'm I'm down for this, but really she's not. But she's doing it so she don't have, she don't lose a job. Jules, that's a deeper conversation. That's yeah, something right. that you and I both know where that shit comes from, because you got a lot of people here that will try to jump onto a cause for whatever reason. And sometimes I feel uh-huh. like some people do it because of guilt. I feel like other people do it because they feel like they have to. So I do think that what you're talking about with the false flagging, that's a problem out here. Because I'd much mm-hmm. rather know who my enemy is than to think that you exactly. that you riding with me. Uh-huh. Now you get wolves in sheep clothing. Now it's like, wait a minute, who the, who the enemy? <laughs> hey, if you're not down with it, I'm cool with it. Because I know everybody's not going to be down with it. At least I know where your stance is at. Listen, you, you just now let me know somebody that I need to stay the fuck away from. Exactly. exactly. And that's it. Because, Jules, you know this about me. I'm about protecting my energy, man. I don't have time for that shit. And so if I'm Steven Jackson and, and Matt Barnes and Kendrick Perkins and even Richard Jefferson, he's another mm-hmm. one that disappointed me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All you clowns over here sitting here apologizing for her. Y'all apologize longer than she did. I ain't get that. The hell is Perez, wrong with y'all? I ain't get that, man. I ain't, I ain't get that, man. I ain't understand it, that. It's weak, to your point. We got to protect our black women, dude. I was raised by and supported my mm-hmm. whole life by nothing but strong black women. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these men are going to sit here because, oh, Rachel, she was good to us. She was cool to us. She she put us on. And y'all motherfuckers are former NBA players. Y'all put y'all sales on by busting your ass and making a name for right. yourself in your career. You don't need no Rachel Nichols. Oh. And if you're so worried about being able to speak the truth and what's going to happen to you, then maybe you don't need to work at that fucking network then. Sometimes you got to learn to say, when, when hold and fold, man. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> hey, if there's something that's bigger than this paycheck, I mean, this thing is bigger than this paycheck. That's right. I can always get another job. I-, I tell you that all the time, Jules. I've walked away from many six-figure-plus jobs for that very reason, man. My value and my worth goes extends beyond somebody's paycheck and what they put as a value mm-hmm. to me. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit. Mm-hmm. Behind closed doors, they're looking at themselves. They kind of they they know they let themselves down. Because yeah. I I cannot believe they sit up there and they protecting this lady here when she did she did wrong. Yeah, Maria didn't do nothing. She did the wrong. Oh. So what you protecting her for? Right. Yeah, Jules. I'm just, man. We could go on and on about this one, man. Because this yeah. situation is just it's so many when you you it's so many angles of it that you can look at. You I'm like I'm disappointed in them brothers. I'm disappointed in Rachel. But then I'm looking at like. Rachel, your whole life's been entitlement. It's been nothing but privilege. But you're trying to accuse somebody else of getting promotion because of some sort of privilege? Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> it's like the pot mm. called the kettle black. <laughs> right. And, 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 and Prez, real quick, real quick, man. Out of all this, 
Here's what Maria was like during the dark times. I always remember that I am in the position to open doors and light the path that others can walk down. I've taken some punches, but that means I'm still in the fight. Remember to lift as you climb and always keep rising. She's an example of what females and males to look up to right there, man. I mean, that's right. That's right. That's well. Yeah, like you say, Perez, we can talk about this forever, but man, kudos to Maria, man, how she just stood tall and all this. Like, hey, and she got a pay raise. She sure did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were in negotiations, so I'm sure she used this to her advantage, which shit, smart put uh-huh. her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would too. And mm-hmm. you know what? I, I was getting this, but you know, after all this, I think, you know, I need a little extra. Yeah, I'm going I'm to need some of that Stephen A. Smith money. What's good? Mm. <laughs> but no, shout out to Maria Taylor and Malika Andrews. You guys keep uh, representing during these NBA finals. You guys have done a great job. Continue up the good work. Rachel Nichols, do better. LeBron, step up. Uh-oh. You've been very quiet, brother. We would like to hear from you. We would like to know what your advisor was doing talking to Rachel Nichols. We would like to know how you feel about this. I would also like to know. Damn, bro, you 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 Mr. Black Lives Matter, but you got an advisor that's over here making jokes about it. What's up? What's up, LeBron? Mm. That's all I got to say on that one. I mm. just want to leave y'all audience with that. Just think about that. Jules, let's get into this episode, okay. man. <laughs> an, audi- an audience, if y'all wasn't uh picking up on it, I'm ready to pod today. So we're gonna talk about the origins of the N-word. Now, this Uh-oh. N-word is one of the most polarizing words in the English language, Jules. And mm-hmm. we want to do this episode because you have to think about in, in culture, right? When we were coming up, you know, we would have friends that, you know, we use that word towards each other, right? And then you would hear people from opposite colors that may use it as a term of endearment or they may use it as an insult, right? Because I've seen it other ways. Mm-hmm. I, when, I was, when I was coming up playing football, I got called the N-word by bourbon schools and stuff like that. And, you know, at, at a certain ages when you don't have emotional intelligence, you fly off the handle with it, right? And that's why that word to me just always is going to have like that deep, deep stigma associated with it. And when you think about the origins of this word, most people, they'll think about to slavery. But actually, the origin of the word comes back even sooner than that, because it started to be used in the 1500s, Jules, and it was the way that they were referring to people of Ethiopian descent. So a lot of people don't even realize this, but they called them aetopes, right? Or they would call them the N-words of aetopes. And this was back in 1577. So then there were different variations of the N-word that were used. So a lot of people, when they think of it, they just automatically just think that it, it was traced back to slavery. No, it's just slavery is what put that word on the map. Because mm. when the ship carried that first group of Africans, they were chained and they were sold as slaves. That was the documented arrival of slaves in the U.S. And those Africans were referred to by the N-word. And that, to me, when I think of that word, is always going to tie into that moment in our history. That's how they viewed us, right? That we were property. We were nothing more than an animal to them, right? Could be bought and sold. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, we could be thrown overboard the ship if we were yeah. sick and if they didn't deem that we were healthy or whatever the case may be. And we had no rights. So 
That's what the N-word to me was used for during those times. And that's why I hope that people, when, when they're listening to this episode and when they hear my words on this, I would hope you would understand why this word to me still remains something that's deeply offensive. Because when I hear it, I still think of it in the context and the way it was basically originally intended. And when you guys watch films like 12 Years a Slave, look at how that word was used throughout that film. That wasn't just a fucking movie, ladies and gentlemen. That was real life. And they used that word to talk to those slaves and Black people to make them feel inferior and unworthy. That N-word was designed to, to strip the slaves from the humanity. You know what I'm saying? And reduce them to nothing. You know, psychologically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just easier to, to, to hurt and maim and kill someone, one spirit. And you keep, you know what I'm saying, just browbeat them and just keep constantly calling them that by that name. You don't even call them. They, they have names. You know, human beings, they have names, but they reduce them to, you know, the N-word. That was just, that was just their name. Hey, N-word this or N-word that. And it's like, I mean, you strip the person. You strip the human being. You try to kill their spirit. You know, that, you know, they, 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 like Prez, like you said, they know they don't even consider us human. It was three fifths. They was worse, worse than an animal. So that word for me, oh, you know, Prez, you know me, you know me. I'm a straight lace type person, man. I don't like using the word personal. Only time I pretty much, if you know, a rap album or something like that or, you know, say it. But I don't use that word. I don't like it because we know the history of it. Our answers that then deal with it, like you just uh, briefly said about how in 1619, as soon as they came over here, they was... And where this and and the connotation of it and how they was treated, that right there for me, I don't get down with it. Twenty twenty one, and I don't let anybody anybody say that to me. I remember being at work, I was driving and I was looking for uh, you know possible uh, offenders, and I stopped to ask uh, a Latin kid, a Hispanic uh, kid. I was like, hey, have you seen three male blacks running through here? And he called them the N word. So I looked up at him. I said, I said, excuse me? And he said, I said oh, uh, you know, he said, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I haven't seen any. But, you know, I got friends that are, are, are black and stuff like that. And, you know, it was feel, it was okay for me to say that. I said, no, nah, bro. No, nah, I'm old school, man. I, I do not get down with that word, man, because of the history of it, the origin of it. You have to think about it. So we talked about narratives mm-hmm. last week. Now, I'm one of those type of people that I feel like that there's power in words. And that's why I think that this mm-hmm. platform is so important, Jules, because there's no other word in, in, in the English language to me that conveys the depth of just internalized oppression that was placed on a group of people than the N-word. You have to think about that, that the emotional damage that that shit did to those people during those times, what it reduced them to. The fact that they had to call people boss and sir while these people are disrespecting you mm-hmm. in every turn. Mm-hmm. While in some cases, you had to watch somebody have sex with your wife or know that they were having sex with your wife, having kids with your wife, and you could do nothing about that. Could, so when I hear this word, this N-word, that's what it brings back to me. It brings back those thoughts. It's, it's man, is it, it, you talking about, for the people who don't understand, it's like somebody spitting on you. It's like somebody spitting on you because your your blood will just go zero to hundred quick. That's the same trigger I get when I when I when somebody called that uh, prayers. We hey, um, one big thing that came out this week or last week was it that what was it in New Jersey, with that man went to that uh, house calling that man the n word and monkey. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. He talking about yeah, come 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 at me. You know how many people came at his doorstep? Mm-hmm. 
They learned real that's quick, didn't he, Jules? He, he learned quick. And so people, that's what we're trying to get at with this word now. You know what I'm saying? This word is very powerful to, you know, it, it's hurtful. It's hurtful to certain uh, individuals. You just got to be smart, man. I mean, we talking about 16, 19, and, and, and even then some uh, with this word, and we talking about it uh, today. And people still using that word uh, mm-hmm. to define black, you know what I'm saying, black Americans or black people in general. And they know the, they know the use of that and that power of that word and stuff, and and it's not cool. It's not. And one thing that I would say, so when you think about over the years, right? So post-slavery, right? When you're in Jim Crow South, then it became using the N-word, calling men boys, right? And that's why another theme for me right now, for how I tell that our Black men, we got to stand up. We got to be fathers to our children. We can't let people tell us that we are beneath anybody out here. Because for decades, if not centuries, you had people referring to you as a boy. Now, I want to just talk about the evolution of just our people, from slavery to being property, being three-fifths of a person, like Jules mentioned, that in some cases being thrown overboard because you were deemed trash and expendable. And the ones that were fortunate enough, and I put that in air quotes, fortunate enough to arrive here, they were put into bondage, property. So we evolved from that. We get some rights, but we're still treated unequally. It Mm -hmm. still is a situation where you still are are looking down at us. You put rules in place, redlining, to keep us from going and getting ahead, right? Then Black people in the 70s, when they start to try to empower themselves, they wanted to take control of the world. And they said, you know what? We're going to take that ugly stigma of that word and we're going to pull it back and it's going to be our word. So mm-hmm. now when we talk about how our community uses the N-word, they use it as a term of endearment, right? We see now that it's in rap songs. Uh, right. We see that in this culture now, like you mentioned with the kid that, that you was talking to on the street, he mm-hmm. casually used the word. And why is it that he's mm-hmm. casually using that word? It's because now over the years, the black community basically said, you know what? We're going to take the version of that word and we're going to make it our own. But even for me, mm-hmm. I'm still not necessarily that comfortable with even that verbiage of the word because I still know where that word, in essence, where it comes from. So think about in TV. So we were growing up and what, well, we watched the reruns of it, but the Jeffersons, right? Okay. Right, Remember, right, right. George, he used to call himself the N-word on the show. Yeah, yeah. They used to use that shit on Sanford and Son. In our time, that was our people basically saying, you know what? George Jefferson was like, you're going to put some respect on my name. If that's what you're going to call me, one that owns, I'm an elite one. I'm living in this high-rise penthouse in the sky, same yeah. way you live it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what we saw, though, is as the Generation X, I think as that generation kind of came to be, these were people that were born from 65 to 80. These are people that were raised in that post-civil rights era, right, of America. And so they mm-hmm. were the ones that kind of saw a little bit of the progression. And they knew, okay, you know what? This N-word thing is not cool. We're not using that. This isn't the way to go. And we saw that generation were the ones that would ridicule people for being racist. They would basically tell people, hey, that's not the way that you should, that you should coexist. We saw in the 70s, during that free love period, that was the moment of America where a lot of people were just not really feeling all that racist shit. They were just trying to have a good time and have good vibes, you know? So we've seen different shifts, Jules, when it comes Mm -hmm. to this whole thing. 
we've seen that that N-word, which still to me, very violent, ugly word, it started off as something that was very, very disgusting and vile. So then in the 60s, it was just more of like a, oh, it's impolite to call somebody that. So now, uh-huh. when I look at it again, you should not be using that word. I don't care what nationality, background, mm-hmm. gender. I don't care. I don't think that you should use it. Now, it brings up a funny point that I wanted to just say. <laughs> so you remember in Rush Hour, Jules, so you remember Chris Tucker's uh-huh. character. So he basically, remember, he, he saw the guy outside. And he said, what's up, my N-word, right? Uh-huh. And so most people didn't think anything of it. Chris Tucker's using the N-word, no big deal. Uh-huh. But then a few mm-hmm. minutes later in that, in that movie, Jackie Chan's character <laughs> right. says it to right. a black person, and it starts a whole thing, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, I remember that. I bring that up to say, you'll have people of the Caucasian race or, you know, background that'll say to us, mm. but if you guys use it, how come I can't use it? So what what were, what were your thoughts be to that type of comment, Jules? Because you can't. <laughs> I mean, if I have the power, I will ban that word. It would be the equivalent of like the F word far as for uh, LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You ain't saying that word. No. So why why should people say this word? I will ban it if I if I have the power, because it's not a good, it's not a good word. Nobody should use it, really, in my opinion. But that's my opinion. So that word is so deeply rooted of hatred of what happened to our ancestors that you cannot. It's impossible for for it, it'll be impossible for somebody of a different race to walk up to me and say, "What up, my n word?" Huh? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't play that way. I don't no. play that way. No, I'm with you as well. I, I I got a quick story. I'm I'm gonna just I'm I'm gonna divert just one quick second. I have a story to okay. tell about something that happened to me in college. And uh, Jules, I don't even think you even know this story. My freshman year of college, I was coming back from like, a party or whatever. It's late at night, and I'm like singing, being you know being silly, or whatever. It's three in the morning. Everybody for the most part is either like got somebody that they found for the night or sleep or passed out. Right? There's this okay. one kid on my floor who was just a fucking lame. Door open, lights okay. on. And so I'm still doing my thing. I walk past and go to my dorm room. And the guy like, peeps his head out. And he was like, keep it down, boy. Ooh. Same and boy. Yeah. But hold on. Well, I, I had that fluid in me, too. I, I turned around. I said, what'd you say? <laughs> right. What'd you say about my mama? Right. <laughs> Bro. He repeated that thing, boy. They was pulling me off of him 10 seconds later, boy. That's not a story that I'm telling because I'm proud of my reaction and the fact that that kid face got rearranged in that moment. My point is, I don't play that way either. And I remember the university, I got pulled in front of the board. They were trying to expel me. I was a 3.8 student. Never been involved in any sort of incident on campus. I understand that they have a code of conduct. I understand all those things. But as I've told everybody on this podcast before, I'm a man first. I'm a black Mm -hmm. man at that. Mm-hmm. So I sat in front of that committee. I didn't apologize for my reaction. What I did say was, I apologize that I disrespected my family, that I am now a distraction okay. to my family because I'm supposed to be down here bettering myself. And they, a lot of these people in my family, they made sacrifices for me to be down here at this school. And those are the people that I apologize for allowing someone else to get me to react that way. That's who I apologize to. I said, as far as what you guys are going to do to me, you're going to do what you're going to do to me. But I said, but at the end of the day, 
I am a man. I said, I am nobody's boy. I said, the things that I've done in my life to even be at this university, no one at this table has had to do. No one at this table has seen the things that I've seen. So I stand here in that moment and told them all to their faces, you can do what you're going to do to me. I'm still going to be great. I didn't care. I wasn't going to sit here and beg and grovel. Fuck them. Mm -hmm. Because the fact of the matter is they were never going to understand in that moment why I reacted the way I reacted. And one of them even had the nerve to say, well, well, why is it that you reacted that way? It's not like he called you a, a female. He didn't call you a girl. And I said, do I look like a boy to you? Right. And in, in that moment, right. then he saw exactly why it was that I snapped off. I didn't get expelled from that school. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just want to get our audience to think about. Language, words, they dig deep to some people. People in this audience that are listening to this show, just know, you may say, okay, freedom of speech, I can use whatever word I want to. That's fine. But just realize that there's some people out here that you may catch them on a day. And you say something like that, don't cry victim when you get tuned up. Because people ain't playing out here. No, they're not. It's different times. I shouldn't be surprised, but and I'm a little surprised if somebody was like, we were talking about that guy in New Jersey. Who said that? He just picked the he just picked the right one to do something because you couldn't sit there in my in my porch. So call me no you know anywhere no money. You I, I wouldn't need no police. No, he would need the police. Yeah, and the paramedics <laughs> and the like, <laughs> like that like that kid at college. <laughs> I can only imagine the way you look with a little sauce. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You probably needed six people to pull you off him. Bro, I'm telling you, I woke up some folks, man. I'm talking pull me off of them, bro. And the point of me telling that story is just for people to understand, you may say it's right. just a rap song, but it's not just a rap song to me. No, no. I've corrected so many people. And I got friends from all backgrounds. I want our listeners to, to, to know this. I've been on vacation getaways with people and a two shorts, two short song will come on. One time, one of my friends, he got into the little vibes. He let all some stuff go. I turned and looked at him. I'm like, bro, I didn't even rap that lyric. Mm. Why are you so comfortable doing that in my presence? Oh, well, it's, it's, it's just the song. And he's like, but you, know, I, but you know my heart. You know this. And I'm like, listen, I don't give a fuck mm. about shit. I said, that word was used against people of a background to make them feel inferior. They had no choice in the matter. They were just called that. They had to accept it. And that word was used to their disadvantage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It was used to make us feel inferior. So you don't have the right, in my opinion, to be upset because, well, they put it in a song. I should be able to sing that lyric. Well, it's a lot of shit they put in the song. It's a lot of stuff that they say in the song. Are you going to go out there and do those things? Right. Let's not pick and choose right. when we want to fucking be about something. Trust me, there's a lot of things out there that people are talking about. And there's a lot of shit that y'all ain't riding with. It mm-hmm. reminds me, Jules, of the, of the story. I don't know if you remember this. Kendrick Lamar at one of his concerts about three years ago. On one of his songs, he was on stage. This lady in his audience was report, like repeatedly using the N-word along with him while he was rapping. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. You remember that? Yep. Mm-hmm. He stopped her from doing so. And so in the interview, they asked him, they said, well, well why did you do that? And at the time, he said, I've been on this earth for 30-something years, I think, along those lines. And he said, there's been so many things that a white person said 
that I couldn't do. He said, like, have a good credit, like have a generational wealth, like buying a home mm-hmm. in an up-and-coming urban city, right? So he said, so if I say to this person, this is my word, let me have this one word. Don't use that word in my presence. Now, he's one of the people that we talked about earlier that wanted to take that word back for themselves because right. they want to empower themselves. I Listen, kudos to you. That's what you do. I, however, don't uh-huh. do that. But I respect the fact that he checked her in that moment and said, look, I don't give a fuck if you're at my concert. I don't care that you rock into my music. You don't get to say that shit. Yeah, I, dude, that's <laughs> that's big that even um, he even paid attention to, you know, all that crowd and stuff like that. He even see it and stuff like that, man. So he was definitely into it. But it's a little it's 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 <laughs> you, I brought up a story where where, you know, you with a couple of buddies and stuff like that and. You know, one of them sing the song and they turn around and look like, oops, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry and stuff. And you know the person, you know that person's heart and stuff. But it's just good that he did that, press, like you said, because it educate people like that. Don't get it twisted. You know, it's in the in the lyrics, but you still can't say it. No. And I'm glad and 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 Perez, I'm glad that he did that. And I'm glad that we're doing this episode, episode to say, hey, listen, even though this this word is being thrown out everywhere, Jesus Christ. I mean, everywhere. everywhere. I, and I don't, which I have a big problem with it. Just to educate people on, no, this this word here still carry that same meaning. It's still what it was on sixteen nineteen when I answers first just got over here. Yeah, we talked about it earlier, right? So we see in this uh, younger generation, the N word is mm-hmm. very popular with the, with these groups, and it's not just black kids; it's kids of all backgrounds mm-hmm. that are using this word, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I'm I'm at the gym and I see a group of like seven or eight kids. They weren't black kids, and they were all calling each other that. And I was sitting here looking at them. I'm like, man, like, when do we get to the point where, you know, this thing is just, like, so free and willy that we can just be out here just saying it? I I don't know. I don't know if it's the music, because you know a lot of these people nowadays, Jules, they're influenced by the hip-hop and and the hip-hop culture. So I don't know. But I would just say a lot of people in this world are so comfortable with using that N-word. Oh, and I don't know yeah. if it's just because they grew up on it and just because their souls got nourished by hip-hop, but I'm just telling you, just be careful. Just be careful who using them type of words around. <laughs> just be careful. Well, you know what, Press? Right, right. You know what, Press? When we came up, hip-hop didn't really have that word in there. No, not like it does now. You know, not like it is now. You know, when it gets towards the 90s with the gangster rap and stuff, like you hear a little more, but it still was was okay. You might have may have it two or three times in the whole whole song but now it's <laughs> man it's all over the place man mm-hmm. and and like i said with the with the times being it is now you would just feel you know that word right there i think somebody told me in the street that word just mean my dude or something like that so bro i hey you know what i i, I can't get down with that man just respect you know just respect me with that that's all i tell people that's it what you said earlier it comes down to respect right in our community and and i and i want to make sure that i preface this before we get out of here the N-word in our community, when we took control of the word back, that word is used as a term of endearment. It's about family. It's about connections. You know, I, I've been around some brothers that they'll say it, but you know in their heart, they just mean it because, like, you, you're that guy. Honestly, it's just, I just right. don't use it. Right. That's, just, that's just me. And I would just say, my point of view is, if you're not a Black person, you shouldn't be using that word. Because you can't possibly use the word in the way that some of our people use it. It's not possible because you'll never be in that space to do so. You haven't gone through the struggles and the adversity of why people felt the need that they had to take that word back. So 
how can you feel that you have the ability to use that word? And honestly, I feel that nobody should actually use the word, whatever your race. Mm-hmm. But I also understand at the end of the day, how you mentioned earlier with the LGBTQ community and how they took back some words. Well, I understand the mm-hmm. history of reclaiming and owning terms of abuse. I get it. But we get a lot of people out here to talk about how Black Lives Matter or how they'll talk about this when it pertains to this person. But you still have to take time to do your homework and do your research and understand why certain language people ain't rocking with. And you also have to understand if you do your own homework and research, no one else will have to tell you why certain words just should never come out of your mouth. Right. You said a mouthful with that, boy. <laughs> I just hope that, you know, people took a couple of nuggets from this episode. We know that this word is very polarizing. We know that there's some people out there to say, you know, man, that's just, I don't mean it in a way, you know, and this and that. But listen, me personally, this is prayers talking. I don't make those distinctions. I just don't want to hear that shit. Point blank. Just don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's it. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Jules, it's another dope one, brother. And we are out. Gone ahead with that curtain call, bruh. All right, Prince, this curtain call goes out to Neil A. Lester. Lester, a professional at Arizona State University, where he taught the first ever college-level class designed to explore the N-word. Professor Lester recognized that the complexity of the N-word evolution demand greater critical attention as he didn't understand its layered complexities. By putting this single word under a critical microscope, underscore for his students the fact that ideas about language and identity, about the language and the performance, public performance, and about language and American-race relations. Mr. Lester, President I am Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast family. would like to thank you and appreciate all your hard work. Thanks for that curtain call. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.